Hey folks, welcome back to the second part of our special two-part on-location episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. I'm your host, James Jenkins. In this part two episode from Key West, Florida, you get to hear from Mr. Jason Cass from Illinois, and for the first time on AFP, the Kenny brothers from Vermont, Alan and Drew Kenny. Uh, those two guys and their team run an absolutely fantastic multi-generational uh, family agency. Uh, they have a different way of looking at things. And uh, the conversation that we have uh, with Cass and the Kenny brothers uh, gets into some tactical things uh, and a lot of advocacy and association topics that we don't talk too much about, uh, but they are absolutely critical uh, for the big picture success of our independent agent channel and the industry as a whole. This uh, conversation really gets into it. I am grateful that the, these guys share transparently. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So we're going to jump right into the content here for part two. If you didn't catch part one of our time in Key West, make sure you jump back on uh, your app and get uh, the episode that came right before this. Uh, these aren't numbered episodes because they really are just special drop-ins uh, that are outside of the, the normal flow of you know, the regular interviews that we do. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the bumper and get into the content uh, with Cass and the Kenny brothers on the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at Riskwell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, Freedom Jumpers, it is back for another session, and you guys are in for a special treat here because we have the Kenny Brothers. Now, are you from Vermont or New Hampshire? I don't remember. Vermont. Vermont. That's one of those two. I had a 50-50 chance, right? <laughs> so, Drew and Alan Kenny, welcome to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks Excellent. for having us. Now, now, let me just set the stage a little bit here. Drew and Alan are brothers. They come from the same family. They bought their dad's captive agency. Thank you for closing that door there. I appreciate that. So I just wanted to ask a couple of questions here because Drew and Alan are, are uniquely qualified to speak into the process of buying a family agency and then just kicking a bucket full of ass and, 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 and making it something special. Now, you guys are in. Now, Cass, come on in, brother. Let me come on over here. Now, now, I'm going to have to have uh, Jason wait just a second because Jason's going to give his perspective here in just a second after the Kinney's give a couple of answers real quick we're, we're happy to make jason wait it's not yeah. a big deal no it really is a special thing <laughs> to make jason gets, cast gets, wait for yeah, anything he for gets real plenty of podcast time this is our first time i know so. he gets a lot of air time we're <laughs> keep going there you go man keep going with them no uh, you are a patient man for this moment and i appreciate you for that all right guys so you real quick what you know prior to insurance and i know you have different backgrounds but you grew up in the insurance world, like your dad or your mom or, or both. Like it's a family thing for, you know, a number of years before you guys step into it. What was it like real quick you know, for, for Alan and Drew, both of you guys? And then I'm going to ask you one question about lessons learned, best practices, whatever. And then I'm going to hand the mic to Cass and ask him some unrelated questions. You guys can, you know, go back to the hotel after that. So, all right. Now, it sounds there like we a go. plan. So, Alan, go first, man. Yeah. So, um, my background before insurance was I went to school for engineering and I worked for seven years with IBM doing process management work. And then I went to work for GE Healthcare doing about the same thing for another four years. So I had nothing to do with insurance before I got into it. 
Uh, and it's one of those things my dad never really pressured us or pushed us to understand the business or get into it. It wasn't until he realized he had to start laying out a secession plan that he really started talking to both of us. And Drew was the first one in the family to make the leap. And I followed about six months behind him after we acquired another agency and kind of doubled our size with that acquisition. And really, it was like a five-year journey from there for us to take over ownership from my father and continue that family transition. Uh, it had been 35 years. My dad ran it for about 30 of it. Uh, my grandfather started it before him. But yeah, it was interesting because we never really pressured into it. Drew can go into his background a little bit, but we all came from different perspectives on this and have brought different things to the industry. So like I have a very strong process background and Drew's got a very strong data background, which have all have really played out well now that we're running the ship and trying to keep it moving forward. Nice. Now, I have to ask the question because I hear process, I hear data, and the missing ingredient, I know, I know Cass is going to talk about this, is sales. Where did the sales element come in? Before I hand the mic to Drew, like, you got process, you got data, great, that's outstanding, that's really big, important pieces. Talk about sales, like, how, how have you guys approached the process of sales? The old-fashioned way. We always say we earn our business one sandwich at a time. So that means we we're just a local deli shop in town. We're going to head down there. We're going to network. We're going to have a sandwich. They're going to see our face almost daily. And eventually, they're going to say, hey, that guy, Drew, he, he eats in my restaurant every day. Let's give him a shot. And we'll step in there, and we'll win the business. Love it. No, that's fantastic, man. What a perfect way to just like switch over to the Drew part of the story. Here. So, Drew Kenny, man, what's going on? What's your what's your backstory prior to insurance? Help us understand. Yeah, so prior to insurance, I was living down in the Virginia, D.C. area. I was working for a, one of the large consulting firms down there, which is what pretty much everybody does. Uh, I was doing kind of data analytics, IT stuff, project management, all that fun stuff. And my father reached out one day and said, hey, are you interested in coming and uh, you know, joining the business? And at that time, I was thinking about getting back to Vermont. DC is a lot different than Vermont. And so I kind of just said, sure, let's let's give it a run and see what we can do. Now, for those of, of our listening audience is not familiar with what I affectionately, I think it's the correct terminology, right? The DMV, like sure. DC, Maryland, Vermont, like the area yep. is referred to as DMV, right? Yep. So or, help no, it, or Nova. Or Nova. Yeah, I North, haven't heard that one before. Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. Yep. Now help us understand the insanity that is the DMV. Like what is that <laughs> like for just a second? Reverse commute doesn't exist. It's just a terrible commute every which way. <laughs> and uh, it's just, you know, it's hot. I think people are surprised at the temperature. But, uh, you know, everyone does consulting or they're on the hill or whatever. And they, you know, everybody, we all think we're more important than we are. And, you know, it's, uh, it's it was a great spot. I, I still have, you know, a lot of love for Virginia in my mind. But, uh, you know, I was ready to get home. A little less craziness, a little slower moving. Man, now, I got to say, first, I've been to D.C. twice as a lobbyist for the insurance industry. And I know Cat has a long time history with the big eye for lobbying on Capitol Hill and whatnot. Now, one of these days, I'm going to get somebody big and powerful on the podcast to talk about lobbying, to talk about D.C. and the big eye and on PIA and all the things that are going on with the lobbying side of things. But if you've never Nathan been to Nathan Rydell, Nathan, Nathan Rydell is the guy you need. Note to self, I'm going to take that I'll down. I'll hook you up. Nathan Rydell is the main guy. I would, yeah, love, I would love to have that conversation. That dude, that dude has the shit. Fun side story. My father was really big in Big Eye, and he was on the executive committees and so forth. So the first time I ever spoke with Jason was almost five, seven, eight years ago. He was the head or the chair of the Young Agents Committee. And yeah. My dad came back from a conference that Jason spoke at, and he's like, hey, you're, you're young. You need to talk to Jason. So we actually had a conference call eight years ago before he blew up and became big. Where I talked to him, I still remember that conversation to this day. So he, our history goes back further than even he remembers. Through Nathan, no, through, through you, through me. My dad came back and said, "Here's here's Jason Cass's oh, email." Okay, got yeah. you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got had like an hour okay. conversation going cool. back, you know, eight nine years That's ago. That's cool. Yep. Now I'm just gonna pause for a second and reflect on the gravity of what just happened here. <laughs> now, you guys, full full transparency, like I'm still relatively new to the IA channel. I I spent six years on the farmer side. I went to DC twice. On behalf of NAFA, the National Insurance uh, Insurance and Fin uh, National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. Let me get the NAFA name right there. I've been on Capitol Hill twice lobbying on behalf of various things in the NAFA side of things. Now, real talk, like NAFA's irrelevant on the PNC side. They're mostly like disability, financial services, health insurance, group benefits, etc. I was a board member of the Dallas chapter of NAFA, but that's before my independent days. It's back in the farmers. 
uh, lifestyle. I don't really talk about any of that because I largely like wholesale disregard that entire chapter of my career. But real talk, like NAFA taught me like in May of 17 and May of 18, I was sitting on Capitol Hill talking to legislators about stuff. And like hearing this, honestly, is really severe, surreal for me. I'm sitting here with the Kenny brothers and, and Cass going, man, I really am like small fish. So y'all, y'all <laughs> may be listening to the wrong guy here. Well, what's, no. what's interesting, and you touched on it, we'll, um, like definitely get Nathan on to talk more, but a lot of people, especially newer agents, don't realize the impact these or these groups have on the national level. And yes, they're not directly talking about stuff that may impact your you know, your direct rent and premium every day. But, you know, for example, when some of the COVID assistance came out, like PPP, insurance, independent agents were left off of that initial list. Yep. It's these lobbying, lobbying groups that we contribute to and we help support that got us on that list to be included in that financial package. It was critical to a lot of agencies' survival during that period of time. And the list goes on and on, right from tax cuts all the way through. So, yes, there's some work that needs to be done to make them more relevant to your everyday agency, but there is some value in participating in your big I or PIA, whatever is important to you, network and working with them because there are some things they're doing that have direct impact on your bottom line every day that you don't realize. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment and say that uh, on July 13th, I'm recording an interview with Merritt Peters, who is the the, the executive director of Texas. of the Big I in Texas? Perfect. Uh, I I A T. I should say the Independent Insurance Agents of Texas. So uh, very late, great person, by yeah. the way, Mary. I, everything I've seen from her is very impressive. So, Merritt, if you happen to listen to this episode, shout <laughs> out to you, lady. You got a lot going on. So late July, uh, hold hold your uh, hold your hats, boys and girls, because Merritt Peters is going to bring it something special. So. Oh, man, I'm just trying to like gather myself here for a second because y'all got me chasing all kinds of DC, uh, you know, animals that <laughs> yeah. don't need to be chased right now. Yeah. Alan's pretty active in our local chapter, yeah. BIAA. So that's, I'm a past yeah. president, so yeah, you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, you're, so right. you're, right, you're right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, you're right in my my, 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 my <laughs> Okay, you guys are officially listening to the wrong podcast because you know, for those of you that are recently from the captor side or early stage in your IA journey. You might think I've got some things figured out, but I'm definitely small fish here in Key West. And that honestly, that is the best part of all of this is I recognize that almost everybody who has gathered here in Key West is got a lot figured out that I have yet to figure out. So it is incredibly humbling to be surrounded by these high performing agency professionals for sure. Cass, you you've. You, you keep on twitching with the mic, so I know you got yeah, something well, to say. I do because I love the legislative effort. And um, I think to a lot of our industry, that is like not even seen. So when Alan is sitting here talking, it is so refreshing because hey, here's the thing you have to realize. These decisions are being made every day right now. And you're either going to be a part of it or you're not going to be a part of it. And today's rules require that you have to have the right representatives with the right amount of financial backing to make sure that you're at the table. I'm in Edwardsville, Illinois. I'm in Centralia, Illinois. I'm in Mount Vernon, Illinois. I'm not in DC. I'm not in Springfield, Illinois, where the decisions are being made. In 2017, during the tax, uh, during the Trump tax cuts, huge cuts where the independent insurance agent was left out. And we went to bat and said, no, 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 no. When you do that, you have to remember these independents work, blah, 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 blah. I won't get into the details right now. Boom, it got changed, created another tax incentive for us. There's so many things. And I say this a lot. I beat up the big guy a lot. You oh, yeah, guys yeah. know why that Absolutely. I do. I beat him up a lot. He's had a rough run off and on with him, you know? No one can, it can, can match what the big guy does on a legislative effort because they have relationships and no one can recreate those relationships because they've been creating them for 40, 50, and 60 years. And that's where the big guy is a huge player in our life. And 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 I, I, I really, yeah. truly believe that to this day. And remember, the, the associations were started purely because at one time there was a legislative body that wanted to cut the agent out of the commission Come structure. On. Come and, on. And that is 100% why Big I and PIA were formed was to go fight that and protect our commissions, which they've done to this hey, day. Hey, you freedom jumpers right now. I mean, I'm getting yeah. goosebumps right now. I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm that much of a fucking... 
Sorry, James. Bro, no, here, I'm here. that much of a geek a that like, I, really, Jason. I really am. Yes. Alan, you got me going. Yes. That is so true what you're saying yeah. right now, dude. Yes. It's so true. If we're at the smoking tuna, you can drop that. No, here's the thing, man. <laughs> no, no, just to provide some context here, I very intentionally, and maybe I own... You know, I have I have to provide some apology to some of our listening audience, but I very intentionally set up this recording session to be after three hours of open, open bar. bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I know full force that I'm going to get unfiltered content from our our, our guest here. So here's the thing, man. If if you're sitting here and you're new to the game, like let's say you've launched your independent agency in the last four years, maybe you're like me. I started in April April first of 2019 was our launch date as i'm sitting here right now I'm, I'm reflecting on the people that were gathered here in the last three hours i didn't i knew zero of these people on april 1st of 2019 True. i'm still such a rookie man like you guys might listen to this podcast and think oh well james james knows a thing or two i should listen to him hold on a second you should probably listen to the people that i'm listening to too as well like don't stop listening to afp because if you do then i lose relevance and I, I rather like my relevance, but these other people that I'm listening to, you should keep listening to them as well. And if you've launched your agency since 2019, pre-COVID, you are benefiting from the work of the big eye and the PIA on a national level. And shout out to our advocacy, our association as an industry, like farmers and State Farm and Allstate and all these other captive carries have in house advocacy groups political action committees they are called and they get a lot of funding a lot of funding because they are going to these legislators and making things happen for you and i'm seeing these heads shake right now and i know i'm on the right track when i say this if you're not a part of your big eye and i i hesitate to say this because i know there are a lot of agents and merit peters is going to be like yes preach amen when I say this, if you are not a member of the big guy or the PIA in your state, if you're not a member of either one of them, you're a parasite. Yeah, and there's no, no doubt. And like you said, join. The cost to join, and if you have a small agency, you're starting out, it's not that it's, high. It's like, like th yeah. 30 bucks a month for each right. association to and start they, off with. You do have access to what they call big guy markets, which will get you markets that you don't have. So there's some benefits to that aspect of it. But that's step one. You know, step two, we all carry E&O insurance. Run your E&O from them. You will not yeah. find a better policy out there. And they, your association gets a commission on that. So that helps fund them just as much as the broker you're working with. Yeah. And then the third part, if you got extra money at that point, donate to InsurePack. You know, we'll be honest, we're still in that third phase ourselves. So trying to figure out what the right amount is to give to InsurePack. But that is our lobbyist wing that goes and advocates for that. And in D.C., if you've got a lobbyist that's over a million dollars in uh, contributions, you have a different level of clout in D.C. than you do other places. And InsurePAC is there. They have that consistently. So that's why it's important to go through InsurePAC because they've got that clout. They can open doors that you normally can't. And, that, and that's the benefit. No, I have to come back in the mic for just a second because just a moment ago, I made, made a very strong statement. And some of you are rightfully offended at this point, saying, that, well, wait a second. James just called me a parasite. Well, hold, hold <laughs> I was letting it go. I was letting it go, James. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh, Alan, why are you talking right now? I want to I want to clarify right, right, what clarify. I just said. No, I love it. I love what you just said. Uh, absolutely. You're, you're on, on point for sure. Why don't I call the non-participants a parasite? Because the big guy and the PI, there's some stupid, like, territorial bullshit that I do not participate in where the PIA is like, oh, well, yeah. we're better than the big eye. And big eye says the same thing about the PIA. Reality is they're on the same team. They are working on behalf of the independent channel. And for anybody who happens to be listening to this episode, you know, on the rare occurrence that somebody in the national committee for both of those organizations is listening to this, the PIA and the big eye are on the same team. You're both advocating on behalf of the independent agency channel. And if you're one of those retail agents out there who is not actively participating with your regular monthly dues on either one of those two, I don't care which one you pick. I'm sorry, Merritt Peters. I know you and I are going to talk on July 13th, but here's the thing. Like, pick one and join it. Or if you're like me, join both of them yeah. and do, do your part to contribute to the work of the National Association because the advocacy that happens in your state house in, in D.C. on behalf of your agency and your constituents, that is happening and if you're not participating, then you are a parasite. You are enjoying the benefits of the advocacy that other people are doing on your behalf, and you're not chipping in for your part. So at the risk of pissing off like 
I don't know, 50% of my audience who is probably <laughs> not a member of an association right now. Okay. Hear me when I say this. Hear me when I say this. You need to be actively paying dues to either the PAA or the PIA, uh, PIA or Big Eye or both of those organizations. So before I, uh, I invite the Kenny brothers to enjoy the rest of their afternoon here in Key West and ask Cass some specific questions that have nothing to do with my friends, the Kenny brothers, I'm going to ask real quick here, guys. What was it like being generational agents and being in the family-run agency and then having the conversations with your dad to say, hey, you know what? How about we buy the agency and help you enjoy your retirement and then take over and do what you do? What was that like? Alan, I'm going to ask you first, and then Drew, you can finish us off. <laughs> you clean it up. Yeah. yeah. So from our perspective, when we came into the family business, it was an understanding that this was the direction we were going to go. Uh, the question just was, all right, what was the timing and how does that play out? And what were my father's interests as we were talking through all that? And you know, anybody that's ever been through one of these transitions can tell you there's you know ups and downs to that whole conversation and how it plays out. We were very fortunate. We had a great third party uh, uh, person that helped value the business and help work us through a lot of those uh, com tough conversations to understand how it would go and it would happen. But it was all done with an understanding that we wanted to see this continue to exist within the family. I think probably the biggest challenge that we've faced as we've taken this on is while we're trying to transition this entity from being a uh, you know, one generation to the next family thing. It's we're also we're transitioning from a, a size perspective from that small local family agency where Susie's got letters A through B or C of the alphabet, and you know Betty's got D through K, to being a larger agency that had to operate more on a ticketing system and had to operate at different levels. And how do you bring the agency through that process-oriented transition and try to improve things as you went along so we could keep growing? Uh, as we went through it. But yeah, overall, it was a great transition. You know, it took some time, it took some effort, took a number of years of working at it and kind of chipping away at it. And then COVID happened like right after we transitioned things. So there was a lot of challenges we went through as we went through this process. Yeah, that turns out COVID wasn't in our business planning for right after we bought the agency, but yeah, we made it through. <laughs> Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Recording. This was the awkward transition where I'm yelling at Don and Davey that I'm recording with them tomorrow because I missed them for today. No, love it, Alan. Yeah. Thank you for that perspective. But no, it, it is interesting. And that's you know what I would say to your listeners that are starting out with their own independent agencies and building that or looking to do that. You know, your first couple of years, and you can attest to this, James, certainly is all about just, hey, how do we keep our head above water, make payroll and get this thing moving forward? But always have in the back of your mind what you want your processes to look like and your team to look like as you're doing that. Because, you know, now that we're in this position where, yeah, we've got a 35 plus year generational family agency, but we're trying to make some of these transitions. We're doing it while the speedboat's going down the river at 80 miles an hour. And it's not as easy to make repairs and fix things because you've got yeah. work to do while you're doing it. And, uh, and you're constantly kind of fighting that, that urge to, to change things and get it to where you want it to be for the next 10 years versus where it's been for the last 30. So always have that vision in your mind of where you want this to go. And that's right down to how your service teams operate, your sales teams operate, and even how you want your carrier mix to be. That's one thing I advocate for all the time is, you know, it, I get it when you're starting out new and we were exclusive at one time and we went independent. You end up in this tough situation where you want to have this ideal carrier mix and you're just happy to get your first real appointments that you're not going through a brokerage for and so forth. But then you also got to get to a point that says, all right, now that we've got some book business on the books, what is the best mix for me in my locality? You know, is it better off being with a local mutual firms or is it better off being on a national front with a nationwide or a Safeco or somebody that's operating in a national platform? And those answers can be different agency to agency. And, and that's something we've started to even now, five years into our agency, look at those relationships and say, look, where is the future for us going to be? And how do we best leverage those opportunities uh, within our marketplace to work with these companies that are kind of hooked their, hooked their proverbial train to the independent agent channel? And how can we keep helping them versus some of these that compete against us on a regular basis? So. Well, and the word compete really is... I mean, that's a trigger word oh, for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, like it, 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 I love that you chose <laughs> that word because honestly, that word really is the difference between operating in a blue ocean mentality where you think from a position of abundance, 
Yeah. And you show up at places like this weekend here at Key West with the Killing Commercial Mastermind, you know, hashtag CBK, right? If you guys operated a little bit differently and you decided, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people that might be listening to this podcast or showing up at this event that are in our market that are going after the same prospects that we're going after. Well, hold on a second here. Maybe we don't want to share openly with these people. Maybe we don't want to deliver best practices for our peers because maybe, just maybe, those best practices will be used against us with prospects that we're going after. Now, I'm not just saying this flippantly. Like, no, you're right. That is an incredibly important mindset shift. When you decide, hey, am I going to operate? And you really have to make it. I'm beating the table because it is so important. I beat the table three times in case you're counting. <laughs> you have to decide if you're going to operate from a position of abundance or a position of scarcity. Because you, if you decide, I'm going to operate from a position of abundance, you're going to show up to Key West. You're going to share openly in private conversations. You're going to give best practices. You're going to decide, hey, you know what? This person deserves my very best as my peer, as my friend in the industry. Or they don't. And if they don't, you're going to hold back that last 2%. As David calls it, the 2% is 100%. You're going to either operate from a position of abundance or a position of scarcity. And if it's scarcity, you probably don't even show up to Key West. You say, you know what? It's expensive to get here. The hotels are expensive. The food's expensive. The flights are expensive. You know what? I don't need to go to Key West. I'm going to keep doing my thing and, and, and you know, operate as I always have. You know, real talk, it's costing me about three grand to be here right now. Now, what am I, what am I losing from opportunity cost? You know, if you go, if you go on a day-to-day basis, I'm out of the office Thursday and Friday and next Monday. When you add that into actual cost, it's about six grand worth of real cost to my agency. But, but I'm here with Alan and Drew Kenny, I'm here with Jason Cass, I'm here with David Carruthers, I'm here with Josh Gurley, dot, 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 dot. All of those things add to, well, holy crap, man, if I'm going to show up at Key West, I better freaking bring it. Yeah. You have to operate from a perspective of abundance. And yes, I know, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard me for 60-something episodes now talk about abundance versus scarcity. Now, Drew, I know you're about to talk about your perspective on the whole family agency thing. Yeah. But I know you operate from a baseline, a default of abundance, knowing that there is more than enough business for you, for the Kenny Insurance Agency, whatever your name is. I, I honestly don't know. Honest, you know. I'm sorry to say, but I don't know what the name of your agency Kenny is. Kenny Insurance Agency. Did I nail it? Yeah, you nailed awesome. it. You nailed there you it. go. Yeah. The Kenny Insurance Agency doesn't lose anything for you guys operating from a position of abundance, does it? No, and it kind of goes back to our captive days a little bit, uh, you know, because we were with a local regional carrier that we were captive. And so there was a lot of open sharing amongst us to try to help each other get better and, and do better in the marketplace. And then we stumbled into things like IAOA, where that's their model. Yeah. Um, and that kind of helped flip our mindset to, to doing more. And, you know, Alan mentioned earlier today, we, we attended a conference one time and it was actually a, a local real estate guy who does extremely well. And you know, his whole philosophy was at some point in time, you're going to have to get on a plane to get to people to move your business to the next level. Yep. And that's kind of how we feel. You know, we, we realized a while ago that, you know, in, in, in our area, you know, we needed to hop on a plane and get down and meet with David Crothers, talk to James Jenkins, you know, meet James, uh, Jason Cass and uh, James Cass. Yeah. James Cass. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many J's in there, guys. I know. A lot of J's there. <laughs> so, you know, we knew to, to get to the next level of where we were trying to go, we had to get out of Vermont and, and figure out what our next move was. Does, does anybody actually live in the state of Vermont? <laughs> Only 600,000 of yeah. us. That's, that's fake news, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have 7 million people in the DFW yeah. metro area. Yeah, no, whole state's about 600,000. That's, yeah. that's approximately 12 yeah. Vermonts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Alan. No, Finish this say, up, man. But no, Finish this up. You're 100% correct. And that's one mindset I've tried to bring to the Vermont marketplace when I was president of Big, of Big Eye in our chapter. That's, that's what I preached is, although some days you are competing and you see your neighborhood-friendly competitor on the list... You're competing every day in markets you don't even realize, whether that's someone sitting down at their computer and typing in business insurance and seeing all these other options come up. We're competing at levels you don't even understand because it's never even coming in the door. And that needs to be our focus every day is how do we continue to address some of these other players and make sure we're getting people into the independent channel? Generally speaking, once someone's in the independent channel, they rarely leave it. Yeah. But our challenge is getting them into it. So yes, from time to time, I'm going to compete with the guy down the street. And it 
you know, ticks me off and I want to win every time. But the reality is we've got to work together because if we're not working together to continue to make us all better, we can't get those folks into the independent channel. And once they're in the cha independent channel, whether they're with my agency or your agency or somebody else's, they're in that channel. And that's what matters the most. So how do we all, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's Google search results, whether it's whatever else we're working on, continue to funnel people into our channel. That is our number one challenge versus the other avenues that are out there. And the minute we take our eye off that and worry about competing with a gym down the street, we're taking our eye off the ball because there's somebody else coming for what we're doing and we've got to keep them in the channel. If you were a truck driver and you are worried about the fact that there's not enough truck drivers your concern is, is that if there's a not enough truck drivers, they're going to create an electric automation car that's going to take away the truck drivers. So as a truck driver, you want as many truck drivers as possible. When there's 300,000 jobs short a year in truck driving, you want more truck drivers because you know, man, if we can have more truck drivers, we can keep the automation out. We can keep who we are, the backbone of what we do, the manual labor, the understanding the human's important in this situation. Very similar to what we're saying here. So sometimes when we talk about the independent insurance agent, we will think to ourselves like, oh, I don't want a competitor. Why would I encourage them to be in business? As you just said so eloquently, dude, it has to do with the fact that it carries on who we are. And it understands it just like the truck driver. It doesn't take away from the routes I'm going to run. I'm still going to run the routes. As you just said, James, it's an abundance mindset. This isn't scarcity. So when you think of it that way, then it makes the sense to say, okay, wait a minute. We do need truck drivers, AKA professionals in the independent insurance agents so that we don't get taken out by the Tesla trucks, right? Or those type of things. Because one way or another, the transaction has to get done. Let's just be honest, it's gotta get done. So it's gonna either be done with a human or without. And, and the society as of 2022 has proven overwhelmingly that they prefer a human in that transaction. So yes. let's, let's not fail to forget that. Freedom Jumpers. Now, here's the thing, and I cannot let this moment pass. I'm, I have goosebumps literally as I'm hearing this because I hear the Kennys talk and I hear Cash talk, and I'm hearing Jason or uh, uh, John Denver's timeless <laughs> classic, Take Me Home. I'm just like, no, Mountain Road, correlation. Take Me Home. That's Woo! good. That's bad. Yeah, That's magic. Good shit. This is radio magic. God, I, I literally have full body chills right now. We thinking are about insurance this. geeks. Yeah. It was like every single person listening to this box, you have a choice. And I'm going to hit the table again yeah. three times. It was like, here's the deal, man. You really, you, sub, you subject everybody to a simple question. Do you operate with an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset? Are you tribal or are you sitting here going, you know what? There's enough business for everybody to get what they want and be happy and live a good life. The direct writers, the captive channel, they're not the enemy. You know, the beautiful thing is there are 350 million people in the United States of America. There is more than enough business for every single man, woman, and child to get everything they want. Now, are you gonna operate from a position of abundance where you sit there and go, you know what? There are people in my local market that I can learn from and they can learn from me. Absolutely. And we can get together and have lunch and meet together and, and have a friendly relationship and I can relieve my life of stress and hostility and anger and rage and antagonism. And I can be friends with those people. And my, I might get a referral from them. And you know what? Maybe they do something that I don't do. And I can send a referral to them and deliver a great outcome for an insured. No, at, at the risk of being too existential, are you guys like, seriously, you go, no, shut the hell up, James. No, I'm not. No. What I'm saying is, is think of that internally, okay? So we think of abundance mindset. We think of a scarcity mindset as everything you've talked about. But think about that internally. So is that why we refuse to delegate the positions and the jobs and the tasks and the responsibilities that we should? Is that the reason why we're so egotistical as agency owners that we believe that we can't delegate this task to somebody else because is it because they do it better or is it has to do with the fact that if they do do it better, it proves that maybe my worth is not there. It does that prove that you're trying to put upon your own agency into in, in, internally. 
to say abundance or scarcity mindset. Because I think if you have an abundance mindset, the number one thing you want to do is you want to try to take the skills that you have and try to help somebody else acquire those skills. And what we really find out is majority of the time they're better at us than those skills. There's oh, yeah. only a few skills that are we better at than most of the people, right? Yep. So, so it, it's more than externally. It's internally, how are we saying are those abundance and scarcity mindset? There's a reason why we refuse to delegate the tasks that we should be refusing to do. And, and then, and here's the thing, then we teach our staff that wrong the way, because we have this, we have this mindset that over the last 50, 60 years, and, and it's, and it's been a correct mindset. It's been correct that if we need help, we need to hire somebody who has an insurance license. The government says that you can't talk about discovery or coverage, you can't propose coverage, you can't bind coverage, and you can't accept money on behalf of an insurance company in the state of Illinois, and it says a couple other things, maybe a little bit less than that, to have an insurance a a license. But everything else, which is 95% of what we do in our agency, it doesn't say that you have to have that, li that, that, that uh, license. We're not going to go to who that that type of personnel is. What we're going to go to is the mindset of scarcity and abundance to say, why are we keep refusing to give away these jobs that professionals should not be doing to those then? And then you know what we do? We rob the positions. This is so important. We rob the positions of those who are in professional because we don't give them the jobs that they should be doing, which which are two, the client. So we've got this totally messed up and we've got to start looking at this differently. And it comes back to the scarcity and abundancy mindset. Yeah, and there's two key things to build off of what you said there. So if you look at even as our agency has transitioned, what we've tried to do as we run through it, there's really two, two paths we've been down after, like I said, we purchased it from my father. So that obviously created a baseline of like, all right, here's what we need to do to, to pay that bill, you know, hey, make that happen. And then you start growing above that plan. And Drew and I have worked really hard over the last couple of years here to say, all right, look, as that growth has been achieved, you know, we're taking care of my dad like we promised we would when we signed that, that agreement. But now we need to start sharing that back with the team. So how do we do that? And I get it for your freedom jumpers that are starting out new and you're just hoping to you know, make payroll and get things done. You're not there yet, but this is the vision you want to keep driving towards. If you look at Love the, it. the raises we handed out, the bonuses we handed out this year, it literally accounts for every dollar plus, uh, like I think five or 10% more uh, of our growth we're handing back to our team in some capacity. And, and that's what we're excited about. That's what we want to do. And getting to your point, Jason, and you're part of this solution for us, we're not, it's not just good enough that we're paying Susie more. We want to make sure that Susie is really feeling accomplished in what she's doing every day. I don't want her spending her time doing an auto change or a mortgagee change. I want her focused on client reviews. How many times are you getting on the phone in the course of a week and speaking with our client and talking about what a great policy they have and how what they can do to protect their family and protect what they've built better and having that conversation versus just like I'm swapping this VIN for that VIN and we're adding this comp deductible and that collision deductible. And it's a journey to get there and we're still driving there. But right now I've got a team of people that that's what they are. We're focusing them and shifting gears to help them do every day. And that's the thanks for Jason's virtual intelligence team that's helping us achieve that because we've taken off some of that day-to-day -day load, transferred it over to his team. And that's letting my team. So when a client A calls in today and she says, I want, I mind a new vehicle. I need to make this VIN change. That VIN change is getting done by a virtual employee for us. But my employee is following up a week later and saying, hey, I know you were in the car dealership last week. Uh, that wasn't a great time to talk insurance, but I see you just bought this brand new car. We offer new car replacement. Do you want to add that to your policy? Do you want to improve your coverages? I see you just bought a $100,000 car. You got a $100,000 split limit right now. Let's bump that up to half a million. And that's the goal is we're trying to get our folks to yes. have these higher level conversations because that lets us pay them more and that lets us encourage them more. And they're feeling better about their day to day. They're not just typing in the whatever address, you know, JP Morgan Chase is using today to track their mortgages and so forth. And like I said, I mean, Jason and I were talking about this earlier today, his team member who's only been with us for six months, she's a key part of our equation. And we want to keep her just as happy as we're keeping our team happy. And I said, if you ever hear any noise 
about that she wants to do something different or work out something, let us know. She's now a key part of our equation. We're only six months into this thing. So the other, the, the other piece to that is that, you know, he kind of alluded to is the traditional family agency is very flat. You've got agency owner, you've got CSRs, and maybe you've got producers. But we've now built some depth into our agency so we can now bring some people in at a very entry level p- uh, position where they're learning the ropes and the ins and outs. And they have a career path to a more senior position where they're conducting these more complex count reviews. Wow. Yep. And then there's a, wow. you know, a path to commercial line. You just said it right there. So we, we've Whoa. gone from career a very development. flat agency to career development in a, in a a little more depth, which has been nice because that's how you attract and retain key so, talent. Right, so Drew, Drew. Kenny, you mean you're not the only one who's Great. having fun here? God. You mean your team is having fun too? You mean your team is meeting their career goals, not just you and Alan? Yeah. We're trying anyway. Well said, yeah. James. <laughs> well but, said James. Hey, a, big, a, big step no. is, a big step is right now. So like you talked about you being here with your wife and that's costing you X amount. We got Drew and I here, which we've gone to conferences before together, but we brought yeah. our producer along for the first time, you know, and that's because I didn't, we wanted to him to experience this and experience what we've experienced. And it's at that same cost you just so, talked about, both opportunity cost so and financial cost. You know, we've got a lot of money in this weekend and that's what we want though, because yeah. I want him to meet James Jenkins because he's heard about you. I want him to meet Jason Cass because he's heard about Jason Cass, and Gurley. Josh Gurley, who, who is David it? Crothers, Michael Huger, yeah. you saw him earlier. You know, okay. yeah. I'm going to get him on here tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, no, ask his perspective. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. And, and real talk for just a second. Can I like, look over I'll, your shoulder. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of people listen to this podcast who are not agency owners or principals yet, True. but they aspire to yep. be those things. True. And I want to get him on the on on the microphone tomorrow and just be like, hey, your employer has invited you to Key West, Florida. They're paying for you to be here right now. Like, what's that like for you? That is good. Because people listening to this podcast right now. And I'm talking to you, Freedom Jumper, for just a second. I'm going to throw the throw the gauntlet at your feet. What are you doing to invest in your team? He asked you. What are you doing to build into these people? Like the Kenny brothers, they spent probably two or three grand to bring one of their key employees, their key team members, right? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. You guys have a team member here. Right? I don't have a team member. And I'm sorry, Jennifer and Addie and Amanda and everybody else. I next have, year, next year. I have eight people on my team at risk. Well, I don't know if they listen to this podcast, but... I, whatever. Maybe they do. Don't give me God wrong. love them we'll, if they do. We'll probably have 14 people walking out the door tomorrow no, when we get back. You took yeah. Michael to, to keep West. You no, no, bring no, us. So no, don't worry. It's coming. It's coming, buddy. I'm, I'm pretty sure that nobody at my team listened to this podcast because they're like, good God, we hear him talk long enough. We don't need him to talk anymore in our ears. But here's the thing, Freedom Jumper. The Kenny brothers invested in their team to bring, bring somebody from their team to Key West. What are you doing to invest in your team? Are you sending them to CIC classes? Are you sending them to something meaningful for development to get them to where they need to be? Now, I, I got to acknowledge, we've been sitting here recording for this supposedly micro <laughs> session yeah. for, for 39 minutes. No, no, but hold on just a second, because when I brought my, my crew, I, I brought all my staff except for one licensed person to brain share. And next year, I've decided we're shutting down the, the, the whole agency. And the reason is, is what you're saying. And that's why when I was sitting over there with you, Drew... Uh, for you guys who are listening, uh, we were sitting at this big uh, event, and I'm sitting over here talking with Drew, and Drew introduced me and said, Michael, right? That, yep. uh, Michael your, is your, he brought his commercial producer. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I know the power of that, because when I brought Jeremy and I brought all my people yes. for my agency, when we go back and we talk at meetings, now it's just not Jason freaking Chapin or Travis Chapin. Now it's like, well, you guys heard exactly what Troy said. Right. You heard what Billy said, right? And now it's like, it's like there's no discussing whether or not this is going to happen. It's how do we get the team in line to make it happen, you know? That, that, is, uh, that is so good of you guys. I, I applaud you, you guys. I really applaud you for that. And I think you're going to find out it's going to be so rewarding to you. You're going to slowly start to bring other people too because yeah. yeah. it brings us all on the same page. For us, it comes from that, again, that mentality of abundance. So, you know, you look at Michael, you know, he's a great guy and I've known him before he came to work for us. And, you know, he was debating before he came to work for us going off and starting on his own, making the freedom jump. And I don't mean this to be counterintuitive to what your podcast is, is built around, but the same end of it, we sat down and said, hey, what's a model where we can mutually benefit? Because like you talked about the very start of this thing 40 minutes ago, you didn't hear us talk a lot about sales. Drew and I can both sell and we sell it the old fashioned way, one sandwich at a time. But we didn't have that methodical process. And we're getting that with Killing Commercial. But Michael was step one because he already had one. So we kind of brought that on board and said, look, 
we've brought on all these carriers as we've gone independent. We need help feeding them. And he was good at that. And he did, he's done a great job for us doing that. But how do we continue to share with him? And we, we do stuff that others won't right now. We'll let him invest in his book of business. He owns 50% of it. Uh, and again, it's out of that abundance argument. And I argue, and he would agree with this, hopefully, is that like his book today, four years into this process, is well bigger than if he had ever been doing this alone. So yeah, he shares his book ownership with us, but it's two times bigger, at least, if not more so, than if he was Love trying it. to do it himself. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. he only owns 50%, but that's still a big 50% of a large, more larger number than if he was trying to handle everything himself, because we've got a great team behind him. You know, I tell us, Michael, you know, as much as every day we want things to be better and continue to improve, We've got one of the best teams. I'll put them up against anybody else in our region. Uh, we've got a great team of commercial people, and we've you know quadrupled it since I started. So this team is per, uh, supporting him in ways that others aren't, and that's what it comes down to. Now, I get the feeling from these guys. We could go for two or three hours, and our More listeners problem. here will be like, oh, for the love of God, would you stop make him, talking? Make him stop. Make him I stop. I need to go. <laughs> Drew says that every so, day. Drew says that every day. <laughs> so uh, all I'm going to say is reiterate something I said a few minutes ago. And for you, listener, right now, Freedom Jumper, your best next move may very well be to join an incredibly high-performance, high-power existing agency, learn the ropes, spend a few years at a quality independent office, and then maybe down the road, branch off to do your own thing. If I had it to do over again, I promise you, I would have worked as a producer at an independent agent before I went and did my own thing because making your own mistakes is extremely expensive. You know, making your own, uh, you know, problems and then learning how to overcome them. There's a lot of time and energy and money spent with that. Now, maybe it's not the, the Kenny Insurance Agency in Vermont. Maybe it's not Riskwell, but somewhere listening here right now, a, a, a listener of independent, or I don't know what independent is, but Agency Freedom Podcast is the name of this podcast in effect. There you go. Somebody listening to this episode right now is trying to decide, okay, I'm not happy where I am. How do I go to the next thing? Somebody listening to this episode right now needs to set aside ego and join an existing agency as a high-quality producer. And then a few years from now, go and launch your own office. Somebody needs to hear that. But even still, and just to build off that, just like anything else in life, there are different roles and people enjoy different aspects of this business. If selling your thing, if you really enjoy selling and you want a great support team, but you don't want to deal with the fact that Susie and Betty are fighting over parking spaces or something else, you know, agency ownership isn't necessarily for everybody. You can yep. make a lot of money and be very successful selling and being really good at that. And like in our case, you know, you're partnering with somebody like myself or, and Drew that Drew's real into data analytics and he's great with systems and marketing. You know, I like running teams and processes. So you're great at selling, you complete that puzzle. And Michael in this case, and we also have Travis and another team members that do that for us. And it, there are those agencies out there, you may have to hunt around and find them, but you can find people that complement what you do well. So you don't have to just go out and do it your, alone to do it your way, because you may end up doing some part of this business you can't stand. If you hate sending in payroll two times a, a month, this business isn't for you. You got to do that. Your people want to get paid. So there's aspects of this that are beyond that. And you can find someone out there that's willing to help you sell or help you support your sales efforts just as easily as going independent. Most agency owners were good salespeople, but most agency owners that are good agency owners were not salespeople. Yep. Yep. And, and at the risk of losing some good content, I'm going to go ahead and say that is a great stopping point for the Kennys. And for those of you that are going, well, this, this is almost as long as your Power Ladies panel episode. <laughs> when you had six people talking, now we have, you know, four people talking. Well, Jason and I are like four people while yeah, we're talking. Yeah, so. <laughs> no. I so, told you he couldn't I, get his I, intro I, out in under 10 minutes. So. I, have, <laughs> I did warn you. <laughs> I have exactly one question from my man, Jason Cass. So, Kenny Brothers from Vermont, thank, thank you, you so buddy. much for joining this us. I really awesome. appreciate it. Thank you. It was fun, man. I'm going to give them a chance to take the microphone and the headphones off, and I'm going to ask one question to Mr. Jason Cass, and then I'm going to go to the pool at the Saint Hotel Me here too. in Key West. Me too. Because that's where it's at, man. Thanks, Kenny Brothers. Really appreciate you guys. <laughs> All right. Now, Cass, I got to say, man, you have a unique perspective. One, because you recruited me to do this whole pod. Like the whole podcast thing exists because of two people, Jason Cass and David Carruthers. So right. if you have right. enjoyed this, by the time you listen to this, it's episode 63, 64, something like that. This only exists because of you and Carruthers. 
I was perfectly happy doing the risk wall thing and not being a podcast host. And you said, here's the thing, dude. You've been on three or four other podcasts. People like what you do. So I'll just ask you the completely self-serving question. After more than a year, like 15 months, how are we doing and what needs to happen next from your perspective? How does the Agency Freedom Podcast deliver maximum value for our listening audience? Divisiveness. It's not a word that sometimes we take as being a positive thing. But you um, and your voice and the, the, your thoughts and the way that you portray how you do your job day to day. Oh, there you go. That is, um, that is a very, very important thing into why the reason why I wanted to reach out to you because people who everybody gets along with is not doing anything, right? They're just, they're just saying what everybody else says so it makes them get appreciated, right? You're not that way. You're like, hey, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing and I'm, it's not that I don't care what you're doing. I do it's care. just, it's just, yeah, I'm just going to tell you. You asked me yeah. how I'm doing this, so I'm going to tell you. And then sometimes you may tell me things, and this is you speaking, you may tell me things that I disagree with. Well, I'm just going to openly tell you that I did try that and it didn't work. Doesn't mean no disrespect. And it has to do with, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a divisiveness that I heard in you that made me think like, Hey, Here's what I like. Whether you disagree or agree with this guy, there's something that about pushing back about against the status quo. Yeah. We just are expected to be like, oh, you're being mentored. Here's the way things are. Here's the way it is. And you're like, and everybody's like, oh, okay, that's the way it is. And you're kind of like one of those guys who's like, you know, actually, I stayed after work today and I really thought about what you said and I actually researched it. And I'm not trying to be rude, but I think it's a bunch of bullshit. And, and I love that. And I love that because it's like, wait a minute. It's not that you said it was a bunch of bullshit or anything. It's that you stayed after work and you listened to it in your research because you yes. said, I'm going to question what they're saying. I say a lot of times that there's lies that we're told. Yeah. You refuse to understand those and to believe those lies. People say, well, the more, um, co more companies that I have means the more money I can make. That's a lie that the old guard told us that we believe that yep. that is not true. You know what I mean? And you question and those. It's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous when you do believe it. Oh my gosh, because especially the way the world is going. And it prevents you from knowing certain things about the industry that makes me sad that people don't get to experience. Yeah. And so that is why. So when we started agency, agents influence, we started to give a voice to those who have no voice so we can create forward and mo uh, momentum and change in the greatest industry God ever created the insurance industry there you go people say to me why do you want to have a lot of podcasters out there why do you want to have a lot of podcasters out there and the reason is is because if i'm just one voice and i'm amplifying another if james is going to be willing to, to if james is going to be willing to be another voice and James is willing to get somebody else on and give them a voice, and James is willing to counter the industry and what it's telling people, holy shit, why would he not be it? James, I'm going to end with this or in your, in your question. Most people won't do any of what I just said for the last three to five minutes. Yeah. I, knew, I knew you would. Yeah. And so that's why it was like, dude, he's going to do this and he doesn't even realize it. I've got to be the one that really helps him understand and mold that. And what you've done for the freedom jumpers of the people that I've talked to, the people that I know, is I get a lot of, even the people who disagree with what you say, they don't disagree with what you say necessarily. They just say, well, I question it. Why? Because you're asking them to question what they've been told. Yeah. That's all it is. Absolutely. It ain't personal. You're just getting them to do what I've been trying to do. And that is why it's really, really great. Man, I... I don't know how to say this other than it's kind of like one of my very favorite movies. And it, it's top five movie, The Matrix, released in 1999 with Keanu Reeves. And every, everybody's either seen it or chosen to not see it at this point. It's been out for 23 years. You know, the people wow. that are inside of The Matrix, if you believe the narrative, if you believe the way that it's always been done, if you believe the, the success, the path to success put in front of you by the old guard, put in front of you by the, by the people that have been doing this for 30 years, you're going to operate in a certain way and you're going to disagree with the stuff that Carruthers and Cass and Jenkins say. You're going to operate from a, a set of rules that restrict you to a certain set of outcomes. 
honestly, I'm, I'm humbled and honored to hear that positive feedback because, again, and I try to give credit where credit is due because, I mean, we're here because of stuff that David has done. And you and I both choose to be here right now because of the people that are gathered here. I would be out of line if I didn't say it is because of Cass and Carruthers that you get to hear my voice right now. Otherwise, I would not have this platform. But if you don't learn anything else from me, Freedom Jumper, I want you to hear this. And, and I say this in the greatest of clarity. The only thing you need to listen to from me is to challenge everything. Everything. Challenge everything. Everything. Every assumption, every process, every carrier, every narrative, every way of doing business. Maybe it works for you and maybe it doesn't. We talked just a few minutes ago with the Kenny brothers about an abundance mindset. If you are operating from a scarcity mindset, you are going to lose. Because me and my friends and my peers, we are going to take your clients. And I say that in full awareness that that means some people stop listening to this podcast when you hear me say that just now. If you operate from a scarcity mindset, Carruthers and Cass and Jenkins and Gurley and our friends and peers... We are coming for your clients, and we are going to take them. Here we go. Because those clients, they want someone who is looking over the next hill, not looking backwards over they the do. last hill. That's right. Figuring out, figuring out what's behind us. What's over the next hill? Inflation is out of control. Everybody's scared to death of the country right now. What's the dollar going to do? What's crypto going to do? What's the White House right. going to do? Right. I'm not worried about that. What are you going to do to control your destiny, to control your outcome, to figure out how do you get over the next hill before your peers in your local market and dominate it. before they do? And if you have an abundance mindset, you're getting together in gatherings like this. And I realize that we're like 125 minutes. It's great, though. It's a long episode. I'm going to have to figure out how to split this up. It's going to be hard. We're yeah, probably looking right. at three episodes of this. It's point. okay. You do fantastic what you do, James, and I appreciate every bit of it. But it is it is pushing that. It is it is questioning everything that you do. And here's one thing I want to say. That's a good point when you said that, actually. I was thinking this. Majority of what you will run into is true. It is a good business practice. But it's that thing that is specific to you that you will notice is what's not correct. Yeah. You'll notice that the true benefits of what of the principles of being an independent insurance agent are, a lot of them are true. The, the road that has been laid is beautiful and gold. It has been, and I'm so appreciative of those who have laid that. But at the same time, there are things that have changed and you'll notice those things have changed. And, and I just say, and, and I encourage everybody out there, um, James, I do really encourage you for what you're doing. And I ask you to keep pushing the envelope because you are being exactly what I think we need divisive. I, whenever I started my podcast, I tried to come up with 20 topics that would really, really ruffle everybody's feathers. Yep. I really did. Yeah. You didn't even intentionally did that. You just did it. And yep. the, the fact is, is that is what it takes. It takes those people. Anybody who's been great in life has been someone who questioned authority. They were also people who recognized when authority was right, which gives them credibility to recognize when credibility is wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's where it's good. So good to you, brother. And let's get to that pool. We're going to get to that pool. And here's the thing. I, and I just decided literally on the fly. The first episode, because I told you I was going to get Carruthers on here and give us a little intro of why Producers in Paradise and the whole killing commercial thing. I'm going to make that episode two. The first, if you're listening, actually, now that I'm, I'm like rationalizing this in real time, this episode, uh, this episode two begins with Cass and I talking. I'm going to hard stop at the end of episode one with the previous three people Um with now i'm trying to think of who it was it was dan smith and mike carey and justin sloan sitting next to me for episode one and then that very lengthy conversation with cass and the kenny brothers that's the end of episode one here in key west episode two is this little small chat that cass and i just had and then whatever happens tomorrow because i don't know who's on the mic tomorrow i know carruthers is going to be me again <laughs> cass again because nobody ever hears enough of cass right there you go i'm sorry I do not apologize because you bring it, brother, because you've been in the industry more than 20 years, and I'm sitting here look, listening from you and learning from you, man. So come on. Hey, folks. Thanks for what you do, man. Freedom Jumpers, that's the end of episode one of Key West. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. 
If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go.